So the Lord has seen fit to give us tropical Florida-like weather for our Christmas season this year, and so it is. Anybody see that amazing uh, weather phenomenon last night with the uh, ring around the moon late at night after we came out of the 10 p.m. worship service? It was an amazing sight to behold, like a force field around the sun up there. Well. How many of you are hosting guests or will host guests over the travel in your uh, travel holiday season? Okay, how many of you uh, are going to be guests in somebody's home over the travel season? Okay, a few more. How many have ever been a guest in somebody's house over the holiday season? Okay, there you go. Well, um, the power of the word we have is important, especially as we consider sleeping quarters for guests among us, whether it's going to be on on a sofa bed or a sleeping bag or a guest bed or whatever. So a number of years ago, the Washington Post uh, published a couple little uh, ditties based on Christmas carols on this subject, and I want to share them with you now, and I dedicate them to all who have ever slept in uncomfortable Christmas sleeping quarters. Here goes. God rest ye on your sofa bed, though frame and springs dismay. Remember grunge, lost pens and toys poke you awake till day. With aching back through sleepless hours when stale thin mattress sways. Oh, untidy discomfort that annoys, discomfort annoys. Oh, untidy discomfort that annoys. One more. These three springs of sofa bed are bearing guests who traversed afar. Frame that pinches fit for grinches, better to sleep in the car. Oh, couch asunder, horrid night, Glare from left on bathroom light. Restless panting bedmate ranting. Is family worth this awful night? <laughs> True words, yes. True words. Well, I want to speak to you this morning about the power of the word. Not your word, not my word, not the word that sentences guests to a sofa bed or, or a sleeping bag, but the power of our King's word. That is what we celebrate today on Christmas Day. So preparation, Advent preparation, now gives way to celebration, rejoicing in the coming of that King, the promised Messiah, Jesus, whose very name means Savior. That's what the angel said to Matthew. You will call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So in the midst of all that's troubling our world, and there's a lot, troubling our world. We all know that in the midst of so much uncertainty and insecurity, God calls us to celebrate and rejoice. How can we not sing and give thanks and praise to God for graciously, gloriously fulfilling that word of promise? 
This is what we heard at the end of the Old Testament lesson. All the ends of the earth shall see the salvation of our God. And that's what we celebrate on this Christmas day. Jesus, the Word made flesh, in Him the salvation of God is seen. It is revealed for all to see. So this Advent theme of the King is coming, I'm going to extend that just a little bit further now into this Christmas morning as we rejoice that our King has come. And so the theme for this message today then is the King's Word. May the Lord's rich and abundant blessing rest upon the preaching and the hearing and the living of his word for Jesus' sake. So Pastor Campbell stole some of my thunder from the sermon this morning. If you were here last night, we should have compared notes about who's preaching on what. Actually, he did tell me a couple of weeks ago, he said, what are you preaching on for Christmas Day? And I said, oh, I don't know yet. I'm still working on it. And um, so if you hear any parallels, he, he really copied me. That's how it works. So living as we do in a democracy, we're not so familiar with the power and authority of a king and the king's word. It's not part of who we are. Or is it? It is part of our history as a nation. In fact, the founding of our nation is based on rejection of that king's word. But you see, in the larger scope of history, our experience is the exception to that rule. Vast numbers of people throughout history were born, they lived, they died under the king's word, and the king's word was law. And in many instances, the king's word was seen as divinely sent because the king was viewed as God's vice regent on earth. The power of the king and of his word was based on his ability to carry out, to accomplish, to fulfill that word. And the word of our king is not limited to just speechifying, to announcements, to talk. We get enough of that around here anyway, and we'll be getting more in the election year ahead. No, our king's word goes way beyond something nobody else in their wildest dreams would have ever thought of. And this is where the word becomes flesh. That's what we're told in the gospel reading, that that word was in the beginning with God, and in fact the word was God. All things were made through him, and without him not anything was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not, cannot, and will not overcome it. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, the glory as of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. Our King's Word is love in action. God sending his only son into human form, into our sin-sick world, to restore all things 
to God's design and purpose. This is a reordering, a redemption of life. So that life no longer flows from greed, from malice, from hatred, but flows from love and flows for love. That is what the king's word, the word made flesh, means for us. So if there is one thing that undermines trust and credibility in relationships, in marriage and family, in politics and governance, in the workplace, in religion, in just about every sphere imaginable in life, it is when we do not keep our word. When our word cannot be trusted by others. You know what I'm talking about here. When we say one thing and then do another. When our words do not match our actions. Trust and credibility, as you know, can take a long time, months, if not years, to get established, but it can be undermined very quickly. So what kind of a God would there be if he did not keep his word? Would such a God even be worthy of our praise and worship? Would we be able to trust this God? I doubt it. I doubt it. So we can only imagine where all of this would, would take us if we would extrapolate on that. So over against this dark scenario, thanks be to God that our King's Word is solid. It is trustworthy. It is upright. Our King has kept His Word of promise, and that promise is fulfilled in what we see depicted over there in that manger scene, the coming of Jesus, the Word made flesh. As Paul tells us, for all the promises of God find their yes in Him. So as we think about the King's Word, and its fulfillment in Jesus, the Word made flesh, a, a paraphrase of Scripture called the message. Anybody familiar with that, the message? Okay, well, it's out there. But it puts John 1.14, what you see in your bulletin, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, puts it like this. The Word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. That's interesting, isn't it? By becoming flesh and blood, Jesus moved into our collective neighborhood, the neighborhood of our shared human existence, no matter where we may live. So now what does this mean? Well, it means that Jesus, who loves us so much that he was willing to be born as a helpless infant and grew up to suffer and die upon the cross for our salvation, he is in our neighborhood right now, real time. Yeah, he was there long before we ever moved in, for sure. Think of Jesus as one of the original 
owner-occupants of your neighborhood. And because he is already there, he knows the names and he knows the needs of your neighbors and he knows your name and he knows your needs as well and he desires to work through you to bless your neighbors, the people around you, and he desires to work through your neighbors to bless you. So as we seek to join Jesus on his mission, we don't have to go far and wide looking halfway around the world for that mission. It's right on our doorstep, literally. It's next door. It's down the block. The king's word in that word made flesh, Jesus desires to make your heart his home. So some years ago, I received a Christmas card. I've still got it right here. And it has a simple but profound message on it. And I want to share it with you now. Every time a hand reaches out to help another, that is Christmas. Every time someone puts anger aside and strives for understanding, that is Christmas. Every time people forget their differences and realize their love for each other, that is Christmas. And that is the King's Word. The Word made flesh being lived out in your life and in mine. And so let us celebrate the King's word with gladness. Let us give gifts of love to one another. Let us sing the beloved carols of Christmas with joy in our hearts. Let us make merry and in mercy remember those in need, doing good to them and with them and for them in the King's name. And may the King's Word, the Word made flesh, Jesus Christ, bless and keep us all. Amen.